This is Backstory. I'm Ed Ayers. I'm Brian Bella, And I'm Peter Ronoff. Today, we're exploring the long history of U.S.-China relations. On July 3, 1986, President Ronald Reagan gave out 12 medals to outstanding immigrants. This was at a ceremony celebrating the centennial of the Statue of Liberty. Three of those medals went to people of Chinese descent. Architect I.M. Pei, computer scientist An Wang, and astronaut Franklin R. Chang Diaz. Now, we've been hearing a lot today about the negative stereotypes of the Chinese, especially in the 19th century when the images of the yellow peril were widespread. But the professionals receiving those awards in 1986 fell into a more recent American stereotype of Chinese and Asians in general, those who excel in fields of science and engineering. They're the immigrants the U.S. wants, the, quote, model minorities. The idea is that people are able to come as immigrants. This is Madeline Shu, a historian at the University of Texas at Austin. And by dint of hard work, of focusing on your education, on focusing on your work and career, you eventually will be able to succeed and attain markings of middle-class success. And so all of these things we associate and we see very visibly among Asian Americans. How did Chinese Americans go from being seen as a threat to democracy to a model minority? The answer actually goes back to the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act we heard about earlier in the show. That law didn't exclude all Chinese. Certain classes of people were exempt. Chief among them were students. In the 1870s, before the Exclusion Act, both countries encouraged Chinese students to study in America. The idea behind students is that you can train them and that you can teach them, and these are the ones who are the most readily uh, acculturable to the United States, the ones best positioned to appreciate the benefits of American civilization. And when you send them back to China, they are also in a position to influence other Chinese to have similarly benign and even favorable views of the United States. Tell me more about the Chinese government's uh, stake in all of this? So from very early on, there is great attention to practical field. By the 1870s, China, which was a severely declining power, realized that it needed to start learning practical skills, practically technologies from more powerful countries. And in 1872, the Chinese government pioneers a international education program called the Chinese Educational Mission, which ran for about a decade. It sent about 120 young men to study in New England with the hopes uh, that they would then come back to China and serve in the government and help the Chinese government to modernize and to self-strengthen. Many of these young men are instrumental in helping China develop its earliest railroads, telegraphs, mining systems, Chinese students continued attending American universities well into the 20th century. Many of them returned to China, as America's restrictive immigration laws required. But Xu says the idea of the model minority slowly emerged over the decades from Chinese students who stayed in the U.S. For many of them, geopolitics reclassified them. Take the case of architect I.M. Pei, who arrived in 1935 and was later honored by President Reagan. 
IMP comes to the United States with every intention eventually of going back to China because he comes from a very elite family. His father is a banker. He goes to University of Pennsylvania, MIT, also Harvard University. What happens to Ian Pei, though, is that he gets caught up in the Sino-Japanese War, World War II, and then the Chinese Civil War, which turns him from a student into a refugee. And by 1948, it has become clear that China will become communist. And the U.S. government is faced with this question of what to do about these students who by the old set of regulations, are supposed to go back to China. And at this juncture, the United States realizes, because of its own very restrictive and impractical immigration laws, which discriminate on the basis of race and national origin, that it needs to make some sort of provision for these very valuable Chinese workers and intellectuals. Right. And Pei decides to get his citizenship in the United States in 1955 and is able to become very successful across this time period, helping to demonstrate the usefulness of people with high levels of education and certain kinds of work experiences and work capacities. Uh, he also was taken as something of a civil rights symbol. In 1964, he is chosen by Jackie Kennedy to design JFK's Memorial Library, and this was considered a great breakthrough in terms of the integration of Chinese Americans and Asian Americans more generally. In your own uh, personal experience, have you come to know uh, Chinese Americans uh, who feel the kind of pressure that goes with the, quote, model minority stereotype? Oh, all the time. Uh, as a high school student, my physics teacher was disappointed that I didn't excel more in physics, but I really wasn't that interested in physics. So I actually look like a model minority, but I'm not a model minority because my parents' generation, there are already several people with graduate degrees. My grandfather's generation, my grandfather was a famous intellectual. And so if you see me as a highly attaining, well-educated professional in the United States, I'm just sort of staying <laughs> even. And of course, it's a little bit tricky because, after all, it's not as terrible a thing to have this expectation that you are smart and do well in school, but it is right. a problem if you aren't, in fact, doing that well. We also have uh, minority populations of Asian Americans who are not of this kind of background. Well, thank you for joining us on Backstory today. Thank you for having me. Madeline Shu teaches history at the University of Texas, Austin. Her book is called The Good Immigrants, How the Yellow Peril Became the Model Minority. The Chinese Exclusion Act was repealed in 1943. Two decades later, the Hart-Seller Act abolished the immigrant quota system based on national origin. The Hart-Seller Act ushered in a huge wave of immigration, especially from Asian countries. But because the Cold War was in full swing, loosening immigration laws didn't do much to reduce tensions between the U.S. and China. <laughs> 